So the NBA isn't mandating vaccines. That doesn't mean you're completely off the hook, depending on what city you play in. Lots of moves this offseason in the NBA. What signing or trade was your favorite? So you mean to tell me we're less than a month from the start of the NBA season and Philadelphia is still dealing with Ben Simmons drama? Oh, my Lord. Let's go. It's 94 feet. I gotta be honest, the more time I spend reading articles, watching sports, my overall love and passion, it just keeps growing. Just a few weeks ago, I mean, I found myself, I'm digging into the men and women's US Open. You got college football going on, the MLB playoffs, they're about to get started. And then even the WNBA playoffs. There were two great game ones that took place last night. Now, me personally, I'm rooting for the Chicago Sky. All right, that's who I'm pulling for. That's who I want to see come through. Now, I know they got their hands full with the Connecticut Sun, but hey, I'm believing. Welcome on in, guys. This is your host, B.O.D. Welcome on in to 94 Feet. I thank all you guys for taking some time out just to tune in to another episode. It's going to be a good time. As always, if you are new, um, I just want to encourage you to subscribe. Uh, a lot of cool stuff we talk about on this podcast, so definitely don't want you to miss out. I am joined today by another great guest, another good friend of mine, Mr. Dom. What's up, Dom? Talk to me, bro. You cool? Yo, yo, what's good, Ben? What's good? <laughs> you good, bro? You ready to get into this today? Yeah, bro. Let's get it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. And thank you for joining us here on 94 Feet. A lot of good stuff planned for you guys today. So I'm telling you, don't miss out, Dom. Let's go ahead and get right on into it. What is on my mind? Now, Dom, we're going right to Philadelphia, okay? There's bro. a lot going on down there right now. Okay, a lot going on. You got Ben Simmons, who's not happy. All right, less than a, we're less than a month away from the start of the NBA season. If you're Ben Simmons, this, so this is a two-part question. If you're Ben Simmons, what are you doing right now? And then the second part of this is that if you're in the Philadelphia 76ers front office, are you trading Ben Simmons? Talk to me. So, one, if, uh, if I'm Ben right now, I mean, if I'm unhappy, bro, like, I got to get out that job, bro. Okay. Like, I got to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? First of all, the whole city not supporting. You know, if I was saying, I would feel like the whole city not supporting me anyway. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a tough job for me True. to, like, come back and try to play for them. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but, if I was, but if I was the front office, though, oh, yeah, you had something to say? Go, no, go ahead, go. I'm going to let you all finish, right. and I'll get on the back end. But, yeah, if I'm uh, if I'm the front office, bro, like, I'm letting him go, man, because his, his playoff performance was just terrible, bro. Terrible. Okay. Okay. I got you. I, well, I don't, I don't want to cut you off. You got anything else? No, you good, bro. Okay. No, you good. Okay. Okay. So uh, the first part of that question, if I'm Ben Simmons, what am I doing right now? We talking about Ben Simmons. Okay. If I'm Ben Simmons, I'm returning for this season. All right. I'm returning for this season. Standing by what I've always said in the past. I'm going to keep consistent. The idea of Ben flourishing in Philadelphia, to me, it's over. Okay? It's not happening. And I, I've been I've been in that position for a while. I think if Ben is going to get better, it's not going to happen in Philadelphia. He's got to get traded. Okay? 
So I'm, I'm keeping by that. However, Ben is not leaving Philadelphia at this point before the season starts. You know, to me, it would serve him better to get over what's got him bothered and come and play. All right. And obviously, there's a financial repercussion with it as well. If he doesn't show up, he's going to get fined. All right. I guarantee you, if Ben starts this season, yeah, he'll start as a 76er, but he will not finish as one. Philadelphia is going to find a place to trade him. Okay. I can, I can guarantee you that. All right. Now, if I'm the front office, my position is this. I want Ben Simmons to play. He currently is a 76er, right? Okay, so let's let, we want him on the floor. He's under contract for an additional four more years. We want him on the floor. However, his current position is that he doesn't want to be here. So be it. Okay, we respect it. As a front office, we do what we need to do in terms of supporting our team and our staff. We continue to look for a new home for Ben Simmons, assuring that the number one priority to me is acquiring the assets that best suit our team, our team meaning the 76ers. I want to be clear about something. Ben Simmons, he's a star in our league. The guy can defend. He's gonna. He's got a 6'10 frame. He has an innate ability to find the open man. But let's keep in mind, part of his discomfort and the reason why he doesn't want to return is because you have a fan base and an organization that presented him with an opportunity after opportunity to expand his game to get better, to improve. And he couldn't live up to it. He couldn't live up to it. How many seasons have ended in disappointments? And every summer we're, we're greeted with the same question. Is this a year where Ben Simmons finally learns to get a jump shot and comes in, you know, with, with a with a new a new aspect on his game? Is this, the, is this the year? And we don't see it. And don't get me wrong. I understand that shooting is not everything. I get it, but it certainly is important. You got to put the ball in the basket. <laughs> Let's, I mean, let's let's not make it more difficult than what it is. Like, you, you got to put the ball in the basket, man. And to me, the reality of the situation is Ben has not grown his game since he's gotten here. And that really is the frustration that they have with him and his organization. And to me, it's sad because, you know, the guy is talented. But I think the overall feeling is that we're tired of sitting around talking about the potentials of what you could be. We want results. And that's kind of why I'm at on it. That's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if you have anything else on that, man. I don't want to transition too quick. No, I mean, you said everything, bro. I mean, what, he's been in the league for, what, three years now? I think he's got, um, I'll say about four or five, because I think he was drafted in, in 2016, but I think he missed the first year because of his, um, because of his, uh, I forgot what it was that he injured. But he came in the same year as Donovan Mitchell. So Donovan Mitchell was drafted in 2017. I think it was 2017, yeah. And then Donovan Mitchell's first season was 2017-2018. Because remember, they were kind of head-to-head for the uh, rookie of the year. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. so he missed the year before that. So he's got he's got at least five years. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, that's that's plenty enough time to develop a game offensively. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're at that guard position. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, bro. It's, it's a pivotal position. It really is. Um, you know, and the thing is, you got a team that's looking at him to be that second wheel, you know, that second guy who's going to be able to keep things going. And he hasn't been there. So I, I think, you know, I can't get mad at the organization for wanting to look in, other, in, in a new direction, you know? So it is what it is, man. But moving on, Dom, a lot of trades, a lot of uh, signings in the offseason. Uh, not too many big names, uh, not too many big names. However, there were a few things that caught my eye, but I want to start with you first, Dom. Give me your top four NBA offseason, off-season trades or signings that caught your eye this summer. All right, so first, you know what I'm saying? As everybody know, you know, Russell and uh, Melo. Okay. Dwight Howard, all them to the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? That's clutch. Okay. You know what I mean? They, they dang near got two starting five. So, you know, they're going to be uh, tough to beat this year. Okay, okay. Um, 
I like the Stephen Adams to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. You know, I feel like, you know, John Moran could use a big man like him. Okay. Um, Monzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan to the Bulls. That's that was a, that was a clutch move. Okay. Um, can I can I ask you about that one though? What do you what are your expectations for the Bulls? Because honestly, I, I'm kind of I, I can't really speak to that. What that that three that combination between DeRozan, Ball, and when you think about Levine being there, what are you expecting to see? Talk to me about that one a little bit. Um, I feel like def- defensively they'll be a little bit better this year. Okay. Uh, and offensively as well. Okay. I mean, it takes a lot of pressure off of Zach Levine because I think with Kobe White last year, they had Kobe White. Kobe White, I believe, was a starting point guard. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now you got Lonzo Ball, who's a better you know, distributor and also a better uh, you know, on ball defender. So, you know, that helps as well. Um, sure. take, like I said, take a little pressure off of Zach Levine. And DeMar DeRozan going to do whatever he does. You know what I'm saying? So, true. Uh-huh, true. I think the concern with me is um, the fact that I feel like a guy like Zach Levine needs the ball in his hand. And how's that going to work with somebody like DeRozan as well, who needs the ball in his hand and really kind of kills around that mid-range per- perimeter type of, you know, coming off the screen, you know, making a little play happen. I mean, that's that's kind of the way his game is. So that's the one thing that's kind of got me concerned. Neither one of the three guys, Ball, um, Levine, and DeRozan, are really like your typical spot-up shooter, if you want to say. Um, if you had one at least, like I said, I think it might be a little more easy to work with. But, um, you know, that's my one thing that's kind of got me a little on, on edge. Uh, they did get rid of Larry Marketing, which I think was good because that guy was, he, he probably had more games that he's missed than he's actually played with the amount of time he's been <laughs> to an injury. Um, right. And they got uh, Nick Vucevic in there. I think they signed him last summer or they traded for him last summer, I should say. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they definitely have some promise there. Let me give you, let me give you what I, did you have any more? I don't want to cut you off. No, you go, bro. Okay. Okay. Let me give you what I got. So, Again, caught my eye. So caught my eye. This can be a good thing. This could be a bad thing. Or this this could just be something I got a, just a question mark in my mind with. So the first thing that caught my eye, I'm going with Kyle, Kyle Lowry to Gordon Dragic. Okay? That that trade. So Kyle Lowry to the Heat, Gordon Dragic to the Raptors. This one, I got to be honest with you. I don't see how the Heat got better in this. I think it's good for Kyle Lowry who finally got, a Toronto, got out of Toronto who wanted to leave. But I don't see how the Heat really got, got better. Kyle Lowry, not a bad guard. You know, the guy can defend, he works hard. I've never really been too high on him as a player, I gotta be honest with you. Um, but I just think, how did you get better by giving up Gordon Dragic, who can score, who can um, make plays for your offense, who can shoot it from outside. You can play him at the shooting guard, you can play him at the point guard. I don't really see how getting rid of him made them better. And I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with that. So th- this is definitely one that caught my eye. I was just, I was kind of puzzled. Um, one of the trades that I did like was Al Horford to the Celtics. And I like this one because I think a lot of people two summers ago, they looked at Al Horford's stint with the Sixers for that one season. And uh, pretty much the feelings were that he's done, he's washed up, his game is over. Um, you know, it's time for him to retire. And I didn't really feel like that. I got to be honest with you. Now, that's what, now forget, two years ago, Brett Brown was still the head coach of the 76ers. I felt like Brett Brown didn't really make good use of Al Horford. I, I felt like he didn't really put him in a position in the place to shine. So therefore, he looked like he lost a step to, to some extent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, then he, spent, then he spent the year in Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, they weren't really going anywhere, obviously. So, I mean, now I feel like he's back in a team that he knows. Obviously, he knows that, uh, you know, the, the way the offense is run. He knows the system. He knows the plan. Brad Stevens now is the man in the hot seat. They got a new coach in there. I think it's Ime Udoka. Um, you know, so I think 
I'm happy to see that he was able to make his way back to Boston. I think it'll help to stretch the floor a little bit. Uh, Tristan Thompson is now gone, so you don't have to worry about him clogging up the paint. I mean, I think it'll be, I think it'll, he'll be a nice addition back to Boston system. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. And I also got Dennis Schroeder as well. Um, guard position. So I think I like that one. Another one that kind of caught my eye was Eric Bledsoe to the Clippers, Rajon Rondo and Patrick Beverly. Now, again, I, I got a question mark in my mind about this one. I got to be honest with you. I don't see how the Clippers got better. I, I, I don't, I don't see how they got better. Eric Bledsoe is a guy who, when he got his extension from Milwaukee, he was there for three more consecutive seasons. And for three consecutive seasons, did not show up in the postseason. I don't see how the Clippers got better in this one. Now, I, I can understand if you wanted to get rid of Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, I know, has always carried the aura and, and the image of being a uh, uh, like a defensive-minded guard. I feel like a lot of people have kind of put that on him. But I don't really see where he got better. I, I mean, I don't really see where, you know, he, he continued to, to maintain it. I think Patrick Beverly, to me now, is more so energy. And I think he's just, you know, he's going to get in your head. He's going to talk to you. That's more like his, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's more kind of like his game. So, I mean, I can understand if you want to get rid of him. Rajon Rondo, I guess it's good for him. I think Rajon is, I think Rondo's a great player. Now, I know you, me and you, we used to love Rondo growing up. I remember me and Thanks, you love Rondo all the time. <laughs> Rondo's one of my favorite point guards, and I know you like him too. Um, you know, but I think it's good for Rondo that he got out considering Ty Lue never really made use of him. I mean, he yeah. played maybe, what, one or two games in the first series against Dallas, and then we really didn't see him after that. It was rested, it was just DMP, DMP. I mean, we didn't even see him after that. So I guess it's good for him he got out. Now he's now in LA. Um, and I'll get to that one more in a second. Um, the third, the third offseason move that kind of caught my eye was the Knicks adding Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. And I love this oh, one yeah. more so. Yeah, I, I I like this one. Now I'm not even a Knicks fan, man, but I gotta be honest with you. There was there was a little bit of excitement in my heart, man. Just watching him in the playoffs last year. I got excited. <laughs> I, I got excited, man. It, it, it was, it was just, I don't know. It was just, it was just like a, a like a new, like a fresh wave, a, a new season kind of thing, man. I, I was just, I, I was just taking it all in, man. So I'm just excited to the fact that they brought in Evian Fournier. I'm looking at what they currently have bringing in these two guys. I'm happy for Kemba. I think Kemba's a guy who who really struggled playing alongside of like another another dominant like. Uh, if you want to say like another dominant superstar, you know, a guy like Jason Tatum, he's another one who kind of needs the ball in his hand to really be successful. Um, and I, I think that was a little bit, you know, I think that didn't really mesh the way that they wanted it to. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of happy that he's now in a place where he gets to be, you know, the central focus from a guard standpoint. They really don't have any other major guards. They still have Derrick Rose, but I imagine he's, he's probably going to go back to coming off the bench. Um, and Kemba is Kemba's the kind of guy you want playing in New York. He's the one kind of guy that's going to, you know, put that show on that excitement um, and hopefully, you know, show us some of the things that he used to do back in his Charlotte days. So I'm excited. You know, I'm really happy that he was able to, um, you know, move on to a new organization, man. Um, did you have any other trades that really caught your eye? I don't want to cut you off, man. No, you're good. I mean, you pretty much hit everything. Um, like you said, Dennis Schroeder, you know, to the Boston. I feel like that was, you know, that's a good move. Like you said, uh -huh. with Jason Tatum being up, becoming like superstar. Yeah, you know he can kind yeah. of take over the team, and you know having Kemba who likes to you know score a lot. I feel like Dennis Schroeder really doesn't. You know that's not his focus. You know what I mean? It's more of just yeah. kind of distributor and distributor to distributor. Geez. Yeah. But um. Yeah. yeah. So no, I got you on that. I think also it's funny. I read um I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. I just busy throughout the day, man. But I I saw like a brief article. They said that Dennis Schroeder um was saying that he didn't even see i think was it the lakers offered him like 84 million for like four years did you hear about that <laughs> yeah. yeah but he he said he didn't even see the contract 
He said he never oh, saw really? it. Yeah, so I mean, he knows and he hears what everybody's saying. He is the fact that they quote unquote wanted to offer it to him, but he said he never saw it. So I don't know what what the drop off is there between, you know, a contract being discussed and the player actually signing it, or I don't know how that process works, but he says he never saw it. I don't I, <laughs> So I think that that raises some question right there, man. But anyway, hopefully things go well for him in Boston. A uh, little bit of a pay cut, you know, but hey, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Moving on now, the NBA's executive vice president of communications uh, was made this uh, a statement Wednesday morning. I apologize, I don't have the name of the gentleman um, here, but the statement he made was that unvaccinated players um, that choose not to comply with the mandates in local cities will not be compensated for missed games. Dom, talk to me, man. W- what are your thoughts on this? What do you think? Bro, honestly, bro, I think that's stupid. I mean, it kind of takes away people's, like, freedom to write. I mean, first of all, the whole vaccination thing, you know, my view on it is just, like, you know, it's your body. You do what you want, you know, okay. for, a dis- for a disease that's not, you know, really killing people like that. Like, it's a 1% chance that you'll, you know, die from it and stuff like that. But it's only, you know, I'm not saying, like, I got to put this, bro. It's um, tough. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think, I don't think they should make a rule like that. You know what I mean? Especially okay. like since they're like healthy, they're athletes. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're healthy. They I'm pretty sure that their diet is correct. You know, they work out all the time. It's, and they're not getting paid for that. It's like you work hard all summer long. You know what I mean? You go going hard in practice and all that. Just nah, I don't nah, okay. I can't rock with that, bro. That's not that's not that's not right. Okay. Okay. All right. So I respect your position. I do see I do see it a little bit differently though. I do see a little bit different. Let, <laughs> let me let me tell you where I'm at on it. So, facts, facts. definitely want to keep consistent with my same position that I've mentioned in other episodes uh, in the past um, is that there is no NBA without the players. We need the players. Okay. Facts. If there, if there's no players, um, you know, there, there's no stadiums, there's no organizations, there's no employees. We have to continue to value the players. All right. We need them. Definitely want to take care of them. Now. I like the option that the NBA has given the players to choose whether or not they want to get vaccinated. Because let's be honest, these are still individuals. These are still people with rights. They can make decisions, like you said, according to how they choose for their own body. So I like the idea that they're giving them that. Um, However, uh, essentially, yeah. So the NBA, they put the power um, and a decision in the hands of the players. Um, They respect the decision as individuals. At the same time, it is a business. Okay. The NBA knows what it takes to keep the doors open. All right. And I believe one of those primary responsibilities is keeping the players and the staff healthy. All right. Looking at what the pandemic has done, looking at what COVID has done to our world and the lives that have been lost. This thing is no joke, man. It's no joke. And I think let's be honest, not every one of these reports that come out and these deaths that come out are exact. I understand some of these people that are dying from COVID have had a history of other health issues and COVID was the final thing that just took them out. I totally get that. But there are some people who are young, who are well, who are healthy, never had a problem, never had an issue, ran into COVID, and right now they're not here today. So I, I think, you know, we do have to take this serious to some extent in terms of what it's been doing to, pe- doing to people. And I think the NBA's biggest thing is they want to keep their players healthy so we can continue to have sports. Uh-huh. I, really th- I really think that's, that's the position of the NBA. Um, you know, and now they're given an option. You know, if you feel the vaccine isn't for you for whatever reason, fine. The NBA is pretty much saying we respect that. However, in my opinion, if you're not working, if you're not playing games, let's be honest, this is your job. The NBA is pretty much saying, why are we paying you 
when you made a decision that is going to continue to interfere with you being on the floor. Facts, facts. So, I mean, I think, you know, they're doing the right thing by putting the ball in their court saying, listen, if you don't want to get vaccinated, we totally understand that. However, our priority is to keep the doors open. I mean, can you imagine? I've talked about this last year. Can you imagine the amount of money that was lost in the year 2020 because of COVID-19? I heard that the, the men's, even just the men's NCAA March Madness tournament um, in 2019, I think brought in, I think like the low billions, I think $2 billion, $3 billion in three, and what is it? Three, what is it? Three weeks, three and a half weeks, the, the, the tournament runs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying like to think we lost all of that in the year 2020. And, and I know we call it sports. We know it's television, but let's not forget. Like I said, it's a business. It's a business. The NTAA has to bring in money in order to keep their doors open, in order to be able to fund everything that they do. So if there's no money and it's not coming in, what are they going to do like any other business? How are they, how are they going to keep, how are they going to continue to pay their employees? You know, you can even get more specific. How are families going to continue to keep food on the table? All these things you got to think about, all these things you got to take into consideration. So, um, tough topic man really tough topic because you know you don't want to be disrespectful of where people are but i think at the same time at the same time the nba is looking at the bigger picture of we have to take care of our brand if we want an nba for tomorrow and the thing is if guys aren't getting vaccinated you know they're more susceptible what to get sick or pass it to somebody else those kinds of things you know it's it's tough it really is tough so you know i my my hope and my prayer is that every player you know will do what they feel is necessary man um did you have anything else on that i don't want to cut you off Nah, you good, bro. Nah, that was it, bro. Okay. All right. So the, the the final thing here that I wanted to mention for what's on my mind is considering the offseason moves for LA, LA meaning the Lakers, do you believe in the Lakers for this upcoming season? Do you believe that they are going to be as successful as they would like to be? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be real. Uh, the reason why I say that is because, first of all, me personally, I feel like last year's you know, due to injuries. Okay. You know, last year it should have been the Nets versus the Clippers. You know, okay. Because the Clippers almost beat the Suns without Kawhi Leonard. You True. know what I mean? Okay. Um, and then now, like you say, Eric Bledsoe's not really he, he don't perform in the postseason. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, well, he hasn't so far, unless he's gonna so, show us something different this year. We'll find out. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Uh huh. So it's like, you know, I mean, you got Russell, you got Melo, like they all hungry for a chip. You know what I'm saying? All okay. hungry for a chip. And then you got, you know, your big man, is with DeAndre Jordan and uh, Dwight Howard, Howard and AD. You know what I mean? Malik Monk. Like they got some solid pieces, bro. Okay. Like solid pieces. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, and then like Rondo, like Rondo still got it to this day. You know, he's not like the same Rondo we knew in like 2012. But, right, right. You know, he's still a... You know, a valuable player, especially coming off the bench, giving, giving LeBron, giving, you know, uh, Russell some time off for handling the ball, you know what I mean? Dishing it off and things like that. Right. Um, you know, Melo just going to come in, probably give you like 10 to 12 a night, you know, not too crazy, but. Right. Um, I just, honestly, bro, like, like I said, I feel like this year with the healthy squad, mm. you know, the, uh, you know, Paul Millsap going to the to the Nets, that's a crucial pickup for them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this year's gonna be the Nets and the Lakers house, you know. Okay. I don't think unless during you know, during the season, you know, the Clippers pick somebody else up, but 
Mm-hmm. You know, right now I feel like, you know, the Lakers just have too much firepower, bro. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi minimally for the next six months. I don't I don't think he's expected to be back until at least February or March with that uh, partially torn meniscus he had operated on this summer. So, um, no, it'll, it'll definitely be tough. Let me just deviate. Before I go into this topic real quick, you mentioned Rondo, and I was thinking about something else before we started the show today. Um, going back to Ben Simmons. I was thinking about Rondo and how much he flourished in that system with Boston. You know, like when they won that championship in 2008, that was when Rondo's career kind of took off. People really didn't know who he was. He was still kind of young. He was in his 20s. Um, I was thinking about how is it that Rondo really flourished so well in that system and Ben Simmons struggled so much to flourish where he is now. And I just want to run this by you. Tell me what your thoughts on it. I think the difference is, yes, Rondo Ben Simmons, two guys that weren't that are not really the best shooters, or they or Rondo wasn't at the time. He now is doing more shooting than he was before. Wasn't really a great shooter when he was coming up, but always found a way to make his mark on the game. And I think not only was he a great at finding the open man, not only was he great at making plays for other people, which is what Ben Simmons does, but I think one of the other things that played so well is that he had a supporting cast that could flat out score res- perspe- like respectively in their own positions. KG was, could go in there and do his thing inside. Paul Pierce was a master at the mid-range. And Ray Allen could shoot the lights out from the outside. And I think that also was well, having three guys that were almost masters in scoring within their own perspective, their own respective positions, really aided so much in Rondo's success as a player. And I was thinking maybe that's also part of the reason why Ben Simmons has struggled so much, where he's always played with one other star in Joel Embiid, who was... I love Embiid, I'll be honest with you, but I think Embiid has a lot to prove. I I think Embiid, to me, um, same thing. A lot of potential, has shown flashes, um, had a great season last year, had an MVP season, was definitely in the running. Um, But I think even with the partially torn meniscus Embiid had during the summer, I think uh, think it was a partially torn meniscus, I think he had, or ACL, I can't remember what it was, right before the um, the playoffs started. But I still think, you know, Embiid, he he played well in the... uh, in the Atlanta Hawks series, but I think he could be better. Um, but going back to my, my question, I guess my thing is uh, Ben Simmons doesn't really have stars like that who can actually score with ease within their position. You know, like he's he's played with other great role players. Danny Green is is known is known to be like a three and D kind of guy. I had Josh Richardson there the, the year before. He wasn't really all that great. Tell me your thoughts on that. Do you think what is there any kind of life to what I'm saying? Do you think that might be true? Any kind of validity? No, that's facts. I mean, I feel like I think what separates them, bro, is like Rondo had heart, bro. Like I believe, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 2012 when the okay. Boston Celtics were playing uh, the Heat, and yeah. I think what Rondo had like 42 without without pull, putting up a three. I think it was all just mid range layups and free throws. He did on the regular, <laughs> actually. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it's like, bro, like I think Ben just don't got that heart, bro. Like I mean. Like you got Joel Embiid who can do his thing, you know what I mean, right. which is kind of similar to AG or AG. Wow, yeah, uh, KG. Uh, KG. Uh-huh. Right, right. You got Tobias Harris, you know what I'm saying, which is like a you know a Paul Pierce ish player. I'm not saying they're like the same, you know what I mean, true, but true. he can take people off the dribble, mid range, yeah. get to the rack. You mean you got Seth Curry? Yeah, I'm not saying he's a good shooter like Ray Allen, but you know he's like that. And then Danny Green. Right. So you 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 had weapons, bro. It's just like. You know, he was afraid to attack the basket, bro. Like, you know, the guards is in the thing there in the paint, and you yeah. just trying to find somebody that's open. Like, bro, like, go yeah. to the rack, get fouled. I don't care if you shoot 20 free throws. You right. can go 15% from the line. But if you got that heart, people want to see, like, yo, like, he got heart. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, yeah, 
I don't know. I think Rondo just had that heart, and and that's the thing, bro. Rondo was smaller too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, I, and they call it. They say he's six one. I heard he's not even six one. If you if you see him in person, <laughs> yeah, it's like bro, like Ben. I mean, and you know me, bro. I think it's just my mindset. Like you know, when we was in high school, bro. Like I, I dang near try to dunk everything. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So right. it's like for him being six ten. And yeah. I'm saying now, obviously, you know, it's different because he's going against people that's like seven foot and jump. But I'm like, bro, like, right. you got to be aggressive and try to punch it on these people's heads, bro. Like, if you get fouled, you get fouled. It's just, right. we gave you what, four or five years to, to, to get better at shooting, bro. Like, yeah. It took yeah. Dion, what, a season when he came back from uh, yeah. Syracuse's first year? Yeah. Yeah. That's Dion Waiters, Dom's mentioning, guys, if you're wondering. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's definitely, you know, it's a good point, man. I think uh, I even heard somebody say, when you think about Ben, why don't Philadelphia use him in the same way Giannis does? And I get what you're trying to say with that. But again, what's the difference between Ben Simmons and Giannis? Giannis is not a great shooter. Ben Simmons is not a great shooter. But Giannis will shoot it. Ben Simmons mm-hmm. won't shoot it. Giannis will go out there at the free throw line, shoot a free throw, airball in front of 55,000 fans and doesn't care. Next play down, he's shooting it again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, you can't get that. You can't get that, man. So I think, you know, like you said, it is a hard issue. I think it is uh, a mental issue. Um, you know, and I really hope he gets around it, man. Like I said, I don't wish, you know, any kind of harm against anybody's career. I think the guy's talented, you know, so I really hope, you know, they can pull things together. Um, let me just try to navigate back to our fourth point here, guys. So we were talking about the Lakers. I just had to ask Dom that question to get his thoughts on it. Um, talking about the Lakers, do you believe in the Lakers? Here's where I'm at on it. To me, it's an experiment. Okay, it's an experiment. And I say that because you got AD and LeBron, who I feel that both are coming back from a season, you know, like you said, they were they were banged up last year, injuries with the groin, and I think LeBron was a sprained ankle, right? Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I think the both of them are coming back. They got things that they that they feel they need to prove from this from last year. Um, they may tell you they don't, but I think that that's why they're coming back with so much fire. And you see LeBron laughing at all the critics about them being the oldest team. They know they got something to prove. They'll tell you they don't, because especially AD. I think that AD said last year that he doesn't have anything to prove that I, I've already kind of established myself. I, I You're supposed to say that to the media, but he's got something to prove, okay, in my opinion. All right. Um, you know, to me, with LeBron, it, it's a year-to-year basis. It's a year-to-year basis now of, of a question of, you know, is he still the number one player in the NBA or is he declining? Obviously, we're looking at his age. We don't know. And I think to me, like I said, it's a year-to-year question. I'm not ready to just take that off of him until we go through a full season and we can assess and see how he looked over the year. I'm not holding against him last year uh, only because of the injuries um, that arose. Okay, so it's a year-to-year thing with him. AD, we know he's a great player, but the question really is, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? we got Charles Barkley making jokes on TNT, calling him street clothes, basically saying because he's never playing in the game and he's always on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's really when it comes down to AD. Can you stay healthy? Russell Westbrook. Um, has a great, you know, he's a great player, has that warrior type of mentality. But the biggest question with him is, can he deviate, you know, from the narratives that have always circulated around him um, of not being a team-oriented kind of guy, you know, being needing to be the central focus, not playing well with other superstars. You know, can he adapt his style of play, you know, to make things work in L.A.? We don't know. We have to see it. Um, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, both of them 36, 37 years old. What can they bring to the team from a role player standpoint? We'll have to see. Rajon Rondo, same thing. Another guy who's had difficulty playing around with other players who have a strong personality. Can him and Russ coexist in the same team? That's another thing we got to take into consideration. 
It's a lot. And you got Dwight Howard coming back. They traded away Marcus Soul or Marcus Saul. They brought in DeAndre Jordan. You know, and I think to me, the most glaring deficiency I'll say right now is the lack of shooting. Uh, Malik Monk is a young guy. Wayne Ellington, he can shoot it too, but he's only really one person uh, out of the whole bunch. Uh, I'm just interested in seeing what is Russell Westbrook going to look like? That's another thing. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm really inter interested in seeing, you know, and I think my thing is when it comes to Russ, like I, I know, like I said, I've already heard so many people killing this trade from the jump. Oh, it'll never work out. Russell Westbrook, he can't shoot. He doesn't know how to share the ball. He doesn't know how to play with, he doesn't know how to play with other stars. I've heard people just shooting down this trade from the beginning. I'm giving Westbrook the benefit of the doubt. That's where I'm at. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that at 32 years old, a guy who wants to win in the champion, who, who wants to win the championships, been around the league for a long time. Finally, has probably been in the best position, I'll say, within his career to probably bring one, other than the year that they went to the finals with OKC when they were all so young up against uh, LeBron in the Heat. I'll say he's probably in the best position to win a championship right now. And my thing is, at the age you are, I'm not expecting him to come in and shoot 45% from three. That's not what I'm saying. But can you make the necessary adjustments within your game that are going to benefit your team? I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I think Westbrook is going to, he, he's going to come back a little bit from the style of play that we've always seen and for the team to flourish as a whole um, to make the necessary adjustments. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it's an experiment, but I think he will. I think he will. You know, what are Mel and Ariza going to do? Can AD stay healthy? There, there's just so much stuff, you know, that's, that's going on you know, with this team, man. And I, I just feel like for me, like I said, it, it is an experiment. So many different things that we're trying to stir up and hope that they all work out to work out well together. Um, so I wouldn't really say that I don't believe in them, but I'm not really too quick to give them the check mark and say, oh, it's a done deal. Um, just because there's so many factors to, to bounce around. Do you have anything else on that, Dom? Nah, you pretty much said everything, bro. Cool, man, cool. But anyway, guys, we're going to drop our crunch time segment. We're going to jump right on over to the line segment. Um, good things in store for you. Hang on one second. All right, guys, welcome on into the line segment. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. I'm back with the same subtitle as last time as Witcher Story and What Did You Do With It? Dom, who's actually been on with us for the show um, in the beginning, is going to be rocking with us as well for the line segment. You know, Dom is not only just somebody who I enjoy sitting down talking about sports with, but also um, is a very, very um, special guy to me. He's doing a lot of cool stuff in the world, and I thought it would be really cool um, just to kind of dive into his life, dive into some of the things that he's doing right now, um, and just kind of give us some encouragement, something we can go along with um, that we can carry into our lives tomorrow. If you guys are new to the show, I always look to bring into some, I always look to combine some sports along with something positive, you know, that you guys can carry on with. Um, sports are great. However, I know that tomorrow is still another day. So my thing is you might, you might as well leave with something that is going to be beneficial um, for your tomorrow. So let me talk to you guys a little bit, just a little bit about how I met Dom. Um, you may have heard him mention it before early in the show is that we went to high school together. Um, and Dom came to uh, my high school in our final year, uh, our senior year of high school. Uh, and me and him just really connected. We spent a lot of time together, obviously playing basketball. Um, and I'll let him share a little bit more. I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, but just remembering, guys, that we live in a diverse world um, and just a society that's caused people to go forth and just reinvent themselves. Um, so we're going to let Dom talk to us a little bit about what he's doing now um, and just how we can be impactful. So, Dom, I appreciate you joining us, man. Um, if you want to just start out, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing, um, kind of what you're studying. I I I'll give you the floor from here, man. All right, bro. Appreciate it, bro. Um, so right now, uh, I'm actually 
in my last few uh, few months here at chiropractic school out here in Kansas. Okay. Um. Yeah. So so what happened was uh, I came out here for originally for basketball. Okay. You know what I mean? And then from you know my passion changed from basketball to chiropractic due to like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, after, like before practices, after games, stuff like that, or after practices and after games. Real quick, just you know, for uh, just for our listeners, man, if you could just tell us what's the name of the school you're going to, um, and you said so you came out here. So what state are you in? So right now I'm in Kansas. Uh, I'm in Overland Park, Kansas, and okay. the school is called Cleveland Chiropractic. Okay. Okay. So it's Cle- Cleveland University of Kansas City Chiropractic School. Okay, and you're majoring in chiropractic studies. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, if I might, now you correct me if I'm if I'm using the wrong verbiage here. Is that what it's called? Chiropractic studies. <laughs> I mean, you can say that chiropractic, chiropractic studies, anything. No. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's cool. I mean, you went to school for that. That's why I'm checking with you, man. I gotta I gotta bring it back to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you good, bro. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm almost done, man. Graduate here in the next uh, about four months, four okay. five months. Okay. Okay, so what what would you say really inspired you to, you know, why things of the chiropractic field? Like, what really brought you here? Why? What, what's your give us some background story on that? So at first, when I got to uh, my undergrad, um, I knew I wanted to do something in the health field. Okay. So at first, I did a PA, which is a physician's assistant. Okay. Um, they're a medical doctor, but they just don't have as much responsibilities as like an MD or a DO. So I'm like, what your sister's doing right now? Because you mean, so like she'll be going for like an MD, you know what I mean? Right, right, uh-huh, okay. Um, and then after I thought about that, like I always knew I wanted to like be around the game of basketball um, okay. and sports in general. So like I kind of found another route to where like, um, I know most people think like chiropractic is just, you know, adjust and crack bones and all that, but it's way more to that, bro. Okay. And, um, you know, so my passion is more of the PT, sports medicine rehab aspect okay. of it. Okay. Um, you know, it just after my senior year with the whole knee injury and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, declined a little bit from basketball. Like I, I just wasn't the same. You know what I mean? Speak to that first and, a little bit too, just for our, our audience to get a better understanding of that. So you said your senior year. So I mean, obviously I know your story, but just for those who don't know, um, speak to that a little bit, a little bit more for us, if you could, please. Yeah, about sure. the injury and just kind of you know that transition from basketball and and when it occurred and. You know, just talk just a little bit about that, if you could. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, I came from, and as you know, I came from Willenboro High. You okay. know, I did two years at Willenboro High. Okay. And then, um, you know, for my senior year, transferred to Life Center where y'all were at. You know okay. I mean? um, literally, bro, the the practice before the first the first scrimmage bro, of the I year. Remember <laughs> yeah, I remember like it was but, yesterday. Yeah, coming off that screen and, you know, I don't know how I did it, but man, I don't know if it was Manny's foot or something, but all I, I just felt a pop, mm. you know, and I tried to like move again, like plant on that leg and, you know, everything, it just wouldn't work. And I just fell straight to the ground, bro. And like at that point, what, what was a uh, coach, uh, coach, um, Chip? Nah, the, the, the women's coach. Paul? Oh, um, Coach Kessler? Was it Kessler? I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Kessler at the time. Was it Kessler? Um, he lived in the house with the foreigners. I was, I think it was Coach Kessler then. Yeah, it would be Ron Kessler. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I remember him. You know, my my knee was bent, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it." And he started like extending my knee. 
Uh-huh. And it just wouldn't give, bro. And I knew I was just like, like, this can't be happening, bro. So, like, you know, that kind of, that sat me out for the whole year, bro. And I, I still remember to this day, bro, after the MRI. Right. Um, you know, after, you know, the doctor was just like, yo, like, you're going to be out for six to eight months. Mm-hmm. When I, bro, like, and I just, I ain't going to hold, bro. Like, I just broke down and started crying, bro. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, bro, like, this is my breakout year because... Life Center, bro, like, we played the number one school on the team. We played, like, you know what I mean? Like, y'all were going right. at it. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, as a hooper, you know what I'm saying? Like, as passionate for the game, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, like, that kind of that kind of hurt me a little bit, man. And honestly, bro, like, that put me closer to Christ as well. You know, shout out, shout out to, you know, RP to Sister G. You know what I'm saying? But right. uh, she did help me get closer to Christ, you. You know what I'm saying? You and your family helped me get closer to Christ, bro. And I kind of realized that life is more than just basketball. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, that, you know, I wasn't applying myself in school. So that <laughs> that yeah. also helped as well. But, um, mm. you know, going to college and you realize too, bro, like going to different schools to play basketball, like it's like you said earlier in the podcast, bro, like basketball is just a business, bro. Like these people really don't care about you, man. So like, I, you yeah. know, I kind of, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that. No, you're right. I mean, to, to some extent, people are, those who are in the business office are going to concern themselves with the business part of it. I mean, you know, they're not really too concerned about the athlete because that doesn't really pertain to them. Um, you know, it, it, there's some validity to that. Yeah, go ahead. You can finish. Uh, so, I, you know, once I started noticing stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then once I got out, my first school was in Nebraska. Um, mm-hmm. I met my host family and, you know, the dad was a uh, physician's assistant. So that's kind of where I got it from. Okay. You know, his whole family were like chiropractors, dentists, MDs and stuff like that. So it kind of gave me a passion about that. But, um, yeah, went to school and went to the undergrad at the second school in Nebraska and, you know, kind of met the chiropractor, you know, talked to him about some things and he kind of got me on that path, bro. Cause I, you know, I thought basketball was my, you know, that was supposed to be like my uh, uh, my purpose, mm. but you know, when when you be real with yourself, you gotta realize that you know. And I'm not saying all hoopers, but most hoopers, you know, the what, what comes with being like with basketball, mm-hmm. you know, some it doesn't, you know. And I, I'm sorry if I'm being like too religious on the podcast. Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's fine. You can share your story. This is about Dom sharing his heart and his journey. So we're we're listening. We're all for it. Go ahead. It's uh, you know, I, I feel like. You know, my real passion or my, I mean, I did love basketball, you know, but my other reasons was like, I was trying to be on everybody Graham. I was trying to be pop and I was trying to be that bull. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I'm out here trying to get all types. You, you like the, uh, I just want to kind of sum it up for people who are not catching the lingo, but essentially you wanted the, uh, you know, the, um, the accolades, you wanted the attention, you wanted the, you know, the, the recognition. This is what you were caught up in. What would come from that if you continue to excel within basketball? Yeah, you know, and, and that's, you know, to me, that's not that's not glorifying Christ. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like he, you know, what I'm doing now, I've met a few people um, mm-hmm. over the years as well being here. But, you know, it's, it's kind of putting me in a position where, like, I still can enjoy sports and I still can work on mm-hmm. athletes. And, you know, I still hoop here and there. Right. You know, but I feel like he gave me a, another passion, you know, but just a, like a different route. Like right. I'll still be around sports. I'll be sur- be surrounded by it and still be able to, you know, mm-hmm. help people out. You know, I do like events and stuff for like football teams and all that through like SFMA, FMS. Those are just like functional movement stuff. But okay, um, yeah, bro. It's just you gotta realize, you know. I tell all my young is this, you know, like um, when you know when you get to school, 
just you know obviously be thankful and blessed that you got a scholarship to play you know what right. I mean? uh-huh. because you know it's, it's hard getting them things bro like yeah. I, I feel like i was a high level like high school player yeah and i played d2 you know what i'm saying right yeah so it's when yeah go ahead bro i'm sorry no, I, was just, I was just gonna say it, it is tough um i can even think was it i think not even just five six days ago i was talking to somebody i was talking about just how competitive it is how competitive it is, um, you know, for people, for people who want to play sports, you know, collegiately um, and then professionally. I mean, you talk about just basketball alone. You know, we live in a country that's so vast, you know, so many people that are competing and wanting to get in. Um, and then you just look at today's NBA where you have just such an influx of players that are international, those coming in from Europe, um, you know, from Africa. It's just like, you know, it makes the competition that much more tougher. And the team can only hold 16 players. You know, it, it makes it tough, man. It, like you said, it, it is so slim. Um, and, you know, I always think about the guys who are great players that just because they weren't at the right place at the right time, that just never made it to the NBA. And not even, not even because they weren't that good, but it's just, you know, hey, somebody looked at you and maybe they didn't think you were worth whatever, you know, whatever the case may have been. So like you said, it is tough. You know, and one more thing. I also noticed, I mean, like you said, you got to be real with yourself sometimes, bro, because... You know, for for those for those who don't know, like Quentin Ross went to uh, Life Center as well. I wasn't there; he was with BJ and them. Right. But um, you know, seeing how he was he was putting on for uh for Ohio State, you know, in that year they was in the Elite Eight and he hit that game winner yeah. against Arizona. Yeah. And I mean, he's was six ten, six ten can handle the ball and shoot, you know, and can shoot the rock. Right. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying my man was struggling to get to the league too, bro. So I just kind of was real myself, and I'm like, look. You know, I didn't come out of school highly recruited like with Quentin Ross. You know what I mean? So, right. you mean you just gotta be real with yourself. You know, uh, be real with Christ, bro, and just yeah. I mean, right. that's, that's that's really it, bro. I think we're pretty much what you're saying is you you know you have to know your role. You have to know what is for you. And I think when you know what's for you, you can approach it with just such a different kind of level of confidence. Um, and right. I think that's what you're saying. Um, if I had to sum it up in any way. There was something else you mentioned. I just wanted you to speak to a little bit. You mentioned that uh, a lot of people relate um, things of the chiropractic world to just adjustments and cracking bones and things of that nature. But you said there's so much more to it um, without getting too deep, because obviously we know you've been studying. Um, <laughs> can you can you give us a little bit more insight on that? I just want to get a better understanding, uh, not only for myself, but also for our listeners. No fact. So uh, essentially, is I mean, you still got those certain chiropractors out there who are just, um, they believe the nervous system corrects all, okay. you know? And okay. as that's, you know, that's true, there's also, you know, soft tissue work that goes into a slot, like okay. tennis stretch, you know, grass and like the little blades you'll be seeing that people will be using little metal blades. Okay, uh-huh. You know, do stuff like that. And you combine that with like functional movements and, and corrective exercises and thera- therapeutic modalities Okay. A whole bunch of stuff like that's kind of like my, you know, my uh, my view. And I look at the body as a whole. So like, you know, say B, if you come into my, uh, you know, say if, say if you lift weights and you come into my office and you got a little back pain, mm-hmm. you know, obviously everything's connected to each other. You know, it's the kinetic chain, anterior, posterior kinetic chain, stuff like that. Okay. Just how your body moves. Okay. You know, and I, and, I, and I do a little full assessment on you, you know, and... You know, all the assessments and like find findings and all that say, okay, well you have four dorsiflexion okay. within your ankles, which is compensating up the kinetic chain. So that's why like your low back hurts. So for me just adjusting your low back, 
that's not gonna do nothing, bro. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's that's kind of how like the the functional sports Cairo docs, like myself. That's kind of how we view the body, not just oh low back, bam. Okay, okay, got you, got you. Like you said, everything kind of works together, right? Yeah, that's cool, man. You get me excited, man. I was gonna say I feel like I should go back to study. Uh, the same thing you're studying, but then I remember, but I'm not exactly the biggest fan of school, but it's okay. Like you said, remember what I said, everybody's got a role, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why you there and that's why you flourish in there. You know what I'm saying? Because people, we're going to need you. You know what I'm saying? You, you bring something right. important to the table. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Dom, talk to me a little bit about like your, your family, um, just kind of where you grew up, um, you know, relatives, brothers, sisters, anything of that nature. Just talk to us a little bit about your family. Uh, so, uh, you know, got a brother, older brother, older okay. sister. Um, I got two nephews and a niece. Um, grew up, you know, we, we were born in Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Lived in Philly for a little bit. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, with my, with my dad, like my dad and his uh, mom and stuff like that. Okay. And then, uh, you know, for, for four years, we moved out to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then that was for like the middle school years, and then I came back out to Jersey for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, mom and pops is from Chester, or Chester. My dad's from Philly. My mom's from Chester. Okay. Um, my sister, different different moms. She grew up in Chester. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, nice. that's pretty much it, bro. Nice, nice. Okay, cool, cool. Um, how about your passions? What are you passionate about? Oh, say that one more time, B. Sure. I say uh, your passions. I said, what do you, what are you passionate about? Ooh. No specific. Yeah, no specific number. Just just whatever whatever comes to mind. Whatever you want to share. Well, one passion about you know my profession, uh, like what I go to school for. Like I'm passionate about that. Okay. You no, know, I'm still still passionate about ball. You know, just at a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like. Okay. Um, like helping. You know, like developing kids, like you know, through basketball skills development and stuff like that. Right. Um, Christ for sure. You know okay. what I'm saying? That should have been number one. I don't even know why I didn't start with that one. No, that's all good. But um, mm-hmm. and I do have a passion for uh, uh, special need kids. Nice. Uh, I did a uh, a sports seminar. Mm-hmm. For uh, a sports seminar, sports physicals for uh, uh, special need kids, like autistic kids and stuff, and and, dis- and disabled kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have so much. It was lit, bro. It, it's yeah, it was lit. I you know I'm not like hibbling and all that, but you know I had a, a blind. I think she was 12 years old. I had a blind 12 years old in there, and we ran her through some uh, functional movement screens. And, mm-hmm. um, she was so it was weird too not weird but it was amazing too because she was blind but she like ran track wow so that was you know that was kind of different and you know she was kind of you know when we was running through the test she was doing a little bit you know things a little extra because she was trying to show that she you know she was able to do it but i kind of grew a passion with you know helping helping people like that because you know to me it just kind of breaks my heart when um things like that happen to you know kids and you know they get looked at differently and stuff like that but yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool, bro. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you on that last one. I think a lot of people, because I used to feel like that a lot too when it comes to people who, um, you know, you see maybe that are struggling with like, um, you know, that may be like a little bit mentally retarded or, or slow or, you know, dealing with some kind of uh, mental disability, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. 
like you said, I think sometimes people can be so quick to, you know, write these folks off. Um, you know, and us of the Christian faith, we all believe that, you know, everybody that walks this earth has a, has a purpose, has a value. Um, and for them specifically, I know for myself as an individual, it just, it, it, like, it makes me ponder even more about them because I always wonder because what people see on the surface about these people, you know, who are dealing with some of these challenges, because what people see on the surface looks like a disability, how much more is the impact that they're going to have on those um, that are within their sphere of influence? So I definitely, I definitely understand what you, what you mean when you talk about um, just the connection that you have to them, man, which is cool. Really, really cool. Um, give us your top three biggest hobbies. What do you like to do? What does Dom do in his, in his free time? Bro, first, I'll be in the gym now, bro. If everybody remembered me, I was like a buck 70 when I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? Nothing but skin and bones, humorous. But, um, but yeah, I mean, your boy, two, two, 235 now. Like, I've okay. been in the gym, bro. So okay. I, I like doing that. Um, which is a weird thing. I like reading books. You know okay. what I'm saying? Everybody know the old dime. I wouldn't pick up. I, I ain't pick up books, bro. Okay. You okay. know what I'm saying? Um, I started playing the guitar. You know what I'm saying? Okay, right, I said okay. that's a hobby. But your boy's cheeks. You, I think uh, <laughs> the, the the dude from your church, uh, John. Okay, okay. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When he gave me the guitar, you know what I'm saying? I, I played that joint for a little bit, but I got you know. <laughs> that's you get frustrated in like 30 minutes, and then you put that joint away for six months, and you come back. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind that's of what I did. Yeah, that, that's that's the true love hate relationship right there, man. Right? That's, I was like, I, yeah, I, bro. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think a lot of people go through that. As you say that, it made me think about my journey with trying to learn Spanish, man. I remember, like, I had days. Oh yeah, I got this. I'm going after. I'm going after it, man. I got some days. Somebody said a word to me, man. Don't talk to me in Spanish. I don't want to hear no more Spanish today, man. I'm over it, kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like you you, you kind of go through that that phase so i definitely i definitely know what you mean there um most important thing down with everything we're doing today is giving people advice things that they can do and how they can how they can continue to win in this game of life give me um if you could three or four different pieces of advice on how you would encourage people um to win in life bro first important thing bro is is, is to glorify christ and everything that you do dog like uh, you know and i know i keep saying that but like it's facts you know what I mean? Like, yeah. every time I try to do something my way, like, I try, like, you know, which caused me anxiety and stuff like that because, you you know, you always try to, like, control everything. You know what I mean? Right. And, and you can't. You know what I mean? Right. So all I say is, you know, put Christ first. Second one, you mm. know, whatever you're passionate at, grind. You know what I'm saying? Grind. Mm. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to, you know what I mean? It's, it's, like you said, like, you know, trying to be a doctor right now. You know what I'm saying? You can even ask your sister, bro, like, Right. Countless hours of, of studying, you know what I mean? Being up oh, yeah. to like one, two in the morning, gotta get you know, gotta get up at like four four or five and you know what I mean? Right. Only right. get like three hours of sleep and stuff like that. Um, so you gotta grind. Mm. And the most things just just find just find things that just gives you peace, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like start you know, like a lot of people are trying to seek validation from other people. Mm. I mean you just once you know who you are in yourself, bro. Like, and you find peace, mm. you know, all, all those things right there, bro. You know, having faith in Christ, bro. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever makes you happy and finds you peace. You know what I'm saying? I forgot the other joint I just said, but mm. um, 
I think it was to grind. It's to grind. Yeah, you, you do all that, bro, and stay humble. That's, that's the, to me, I feel like that's how you succeed in life, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's right. It's funny you mentioned the, the first thing you mentioned about just in terms of, um, like you mentioned seeking Christ, which is important. But just some of the things you mentioned after that, after that was just um, how we can be so quick to fall into a position of wanting to control. Um, and it's just so funny. It's just, it's the human heart. And I was just saying to somebody the other day, I was like, man, let me tell you, I'm glad I only have one human heart to manage because that's enough for me. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. enough because like you said, there's just always these, there's always these moments. There's always opportunities to get caught up in a fence. There's always opportunities to, um, you know, to be caught up in what somebody else is doing or to think that somebody has it better than you or to think that you're not winning or to think that, you know, there's all these different things going on in the heart and the mind. And you got to try to, like you said, it's learning how to weed these things out and keep focused on the one goal, keep focused on the one thing um, it is that you're trying to arrive at. So I, I definitely, I definitely connect with what you're saying, man. Um, and I definitely appreciate you bringing that forth. Um, just moving forth here. I got a couple questions um, that we'll close out with. So mm-hmm. again, and these are all, there's no really right or wrong answer to this. Um, so these are really just in your opinion. Um, Dom, to arrive in the position that you're in today, it's understood that change is, is inevitable. In your opinion, what's the best way to deal with change? Hmm. I feel to grow, you gotta change. I mean, you gotta, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, you gotta do things that you're not comfortable with. Like, you know, for certain people, it can be um, networking or, right. or right. you know, because I know a lot of people have like social fears and stuff like that. Um, so in my case, mine would be how I changed was like, you know, being more, you know, because I don't really talk too much and I, and I do still have, you know, um, um, public speaking, like fears and stuff like that, but you got to market yourself. Um, you got to get out there and meet people, bro. You know, whatever you want to do in your profession, bro, you got to meet people, man. Like you, you the worst they can say is no. You know what I'm saying? Like when, you know, I'm pretty sure when you got the job at ESPN, bro, like you had to talk. I mean, you always, you was always cool talking to people, you know what I'm saying? Right. But like, you know, you were able to get that job because you like, you put yourself out there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think pretty much what you're saying is, and it's funny because I, even as I was thinking about this question, I was like, man, what would you say to people? I was saying that to myself. And I, I think to my, for myself, man, I mean, not that we're asking me, but um, the best way to deal with change <laughs> is just doing it. So if you want to be the, I heard somebody say the other day too, be the change it is that you want to see. Um, you know, whatever kind of changes you want to see in your life, how do you get past those uncomfortable moments, those kinds of things? I think in terms of getting through change, it's just going through it. It's just doing whatever it is that's necessary. You know what I'm saying? I've even heard people quote Denzel Washington. I can't remember where I heard it first, but they said Denzel Washington used to always say, sometimes you got to do what you got to do so you can do what you want to do. And I just think that that's, that's kind of, you know, how you deal with change. I mean, it's not comfortable depending on what it is, but I think sometimes you just got to go through it. You just, you just have to c- comply, you know, and get through whatever that season is, get through whatever the necessary thing is so you can do what it is that you want to do. So that's kind of where I'm at on, on the whole thing. Another question for you, Dom, the power of an experience um, should never be taken for granted. Give me two or new thing, two, two to three new things um, that you've discovered about yourself in the midst of the journey that you're currently on. Say that one more time. 
Sure, sure. So I, I'm just talking about the power of an experience. Like I always tell people for me real quick, um, <clears throat> I speak Spanish. That was never planned. I never planned on that. I just ran into experience in my life and it just changed me. It changed me. And I, and I shared on my last my last podcast, if you guys remember, I had Haiti here. Um, good friend of mine from high school, took me to Costa Rica. I was there for two weeks, couldn't understand everything. I got frustrated and I said, I'm going to learn. And I learned. And experience changed me. So I say, uh, again, if you can give us two to, new three, two to three new things that you've discovered yourself in the midst, uh, that you've discovered about yourself in the midst of, your, of the journey that you're on currently. Oof. Mm. I guess getting exposed to, uh, like I said, my first year out here in, um, well, my first year in Nebraska, you know, I got exposed to my host family. Um, everything was always basketball, basketball, basketball. And then once I started um, talking to him and seeing like, you know, cause he was, he was helping little kids. He was, okay. cause he's a PA, you know, things like that. So, okay. um, I mean, that, that, that changed me a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And then shadowing docs, shadowing chiropractors. Okay. Um, kind of gave me that outlook. Anything, anything that you really learned about yourself in the midst of this journey, anything new that you came across that you didn't know before? So, I mean, you figured we started chronicling everything from the time when you had your knee injury as a senior in high school up until now. Um, so anything that you really learned in the last, man, to think that that's almost been a 10 year span. Woo, that's crazy to think about. Right. <laughs> but, um, um, Anything that you knew that you really learned about yourself? Um, um, obviously, I'm more mature. You know what I mean? I'm more uh, more humble. Okay. I, I don't I don't take things for granted like I did when I was in high school. Okay. Uh, like when we was in high school and stuff like that. Um, Got it. Things can be taken away just as quick as they're given. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, stuff like that. Nice, man. Stay humble. Nice. Um, what advice do you have for a person who says um, they're too old to go back to school to learn something? I thought this is a really cool question, but I wanted to run this by you because this is this is something you hear all the time. And people, even myself, I, I, I got to check my own self with this sometimes. Like, you know, I hear something, I hear about an opportunity. Oh, I got to go back to school. And I, I, I don't, well, let me not, I don't want to, you might say what I'm thinking. So let me let you, let me let you talk first. Um, so again, question is, what's your advice for a person who says that they're too old to go back to school um, to learn something? It's funny you said that, bro. And in our school, we have people who are like, you know, mid forties, fifties. Okay. Um, and kind of what they told, uh, like, you know, kind of shared with us was, you know, it, it's honestly, bro. It's, if you have a passion for something, you know what I mean, and once again, it all like you got to know your role. Like you got to be real with yourself. You know what I mean? But like, you know, if, say, say if. If you if you're passionate about something and you want to do it, right? Okay. Then I would say go ahead and do it. But you know, only thing I mean, medical doctor is a little bit different. But like in my profession, you know, it, we're more of like a uh, fit and healthy. Like you know what I mean? Okay. So you know, if you're a uh, we we have this one lady who is 57. Okay. She's not you know she's not on the healthy side. Okay. She does. She doesn't look the part, you know. Okay. So that's gonna you know, that's gonna kill her a little bit. But but if you like I said, if you if, if you want to do something, it's, it's not too late to go back to school, bro. That's all I'm trying to say. So I was mumbling and talking all this nonsense just to say 
it's not too late to go back, bro. Like, if you want to go back, right. then do it. You know what right. I mean? You just got to be real with yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. What I was going to say to that is, for me, I think life, life, um, excuse me, learning is just, it's a life skill. It never goes away. And I think it's those that keep yourself in a position. Like, I'm, I can't even remember last year, one of my very, 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 very first podcasts, I talked about, um, you know, for people who don't, um, for people who don't know how to handle, you know, criticism, you know, that it actually becomes more destructive than it is beneficial. And I'm saying that because, um, you know, it's the criticism that's going to help us grow and make the most, you know, out of the person, um, help us grow, help us get to the places where it is that we want to be. Change is inevitable. You know, we need that. So, um, you know, I definitely, you know, like, I, I think like learning, it's, it's a life-giving, it, I mean, it's, it's a life skill. You're always going to need it no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing. So um, that's kind of where I'm at on it. Uh, next question I wanted to share is, so you got someone else who's getting ready to walk in your shoes in the exact same position in life you've lived to this point. Everything from, from start to finish, okay? Give me, so it's a two-part question. Give me one piece of advice you'd, you'd advise them to take that benefited you. So we'll start with that one first and I'll give you the second part after. So give me one piece of advice you'd give to someone who's getting ready to walk in your shoes that benefited you. What would you tell them to take? Stay the course and stay humble, bro. Okay. You know, not a... Uh... You know, yeah, and be true to yourself, dog. Just do whatever fun, you know, do whatever that causes you peace. Whatever causes you peace, you know, just rock with that, bro. And, yeah. and like I said, just just being humble. Because whatever, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. No, no, I was just saying cool. I was just saying cool. I didn't know. I'll let you finish. I don't want to cut you off. I'm not good, bro. Nah, I'm good. You good? You good? Okay. No, I just was going to say, um, so I'll give you a second part of that question. Second part is, um, Another piece of advice you give to this person, something that you did that, but it didn't benefit you. So what would you tell them not to do that you did is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, don't, don't, don't try to impress people, bro. You know what I'm saying? When, when I was growing up, you know, high school and stuff like that, I was trying to impress people and trying to, you know, um, seek validation from, you know, from other people mm. through, you yeah. know, from, for us, it was through basketball. Right. You know, through trying to get all the clothes and and shoes and impress females and all that, it, it's not worth it. Dog. Right. You know, and, and you know, don't do things for the wrong reasons because it causes you know temporary pleasure. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like that one. Very deep. Very deep. Um, final question for you on this one. I think you pretty much answered that other one. I don't really have much else to add there. Um, final question. Uh, a little bit deep. What are three things um, that you would like to accomplish before you get off this earth? Three things you want to accomplish. Mm. Not considering time, just kind of what does Don want to do before it's time to get out of here? One, I would like to open up my own practice um, so I can serve, you know, the community where I'm at. Okay. Um, two, I kind of want to leave a legacy behind to where it's like, you know, when people think of Dom, they don't think of <laughs> high school Dom. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. They they think of the Dom that's, you know, loving, compassionate. You know what I'm saying? People like that enjoy being around me. You know what I mean? Right. People like, 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 you know, like Sister G, Brother Billy, like people like that. You know what I mean? Like we, everybody always enjoy being around them. Always. You know what I mean? Right. And right. not, not to be like glorified or anything, but more of just like, right. 
kind of passing those those characteristics down. So it's like, you know, just kind of loving each other, bro. Like, um, you said it best. I legacy. Be, yeah, legacy. You said yeah. it earlier. I agree. That's really what, you, what you're going for. Uh -huh. And then my last one, bro, was just uh, before I leave this earth, man. Only, only two drones that I got so far right now. Okay, that's all right. No problem. No problem. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, Dom, listen, that's pretty much all we had um, in terms of what we wanted to share with you today. I thank you so much. First, which you've been taking time out to do this. Um, we understand, you know, that, you know, like you said, you have a very busy schedule with your studies and um, just, you know, many different things that you're trying to juggle. So we thank you for taking time out to join us here on 94 Feet. Um, any closing thoughts? Nah, man, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on this thing, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is dope. This is dope John, bro. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it. You know, you always know I'm tuned in, bro. Um, it's a great pod podcast, bro. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this is Joe Lee, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and for my people who don't understand, he's saying it's a good podcast. It's 94. <laughs> Tune in for our next episode. I got plenty of more stuff in line for you guys. I thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed something. I hope you found something. Hey, remember, what's your story? What did you do with it? This is your host, B.O.D. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, one last thing. One last thing. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Andrew Smims, if you're out there listening, <laughs> you, you <laughs> ugly bull. <laughs> Tuning out. Peace.